Let's start with an undeniable fact. Queensland is a big state. From Texas in the south, the Torres Strait 3,000 kilometres to the north, from Fraser Island on the east coast to Camelwheel in the far west. How does a state museum make sure that people who have to travel by plane or four-wheel drive vehicle or both to visit one of its museums benefit like everybody else? Digital technology certainly helps, but Queensland Museum Network has been running a program for over 20 years that gives people all across the state an opportunity to access museum expertise face-to-face. Do you have a story to tell or do you need a grant, advice or training? You need a museum development officer. Find out what it's all about with me, Laura Cantrell, museum graphic designer and sometimes podcast host, and Ewan McPhee. Hi, Ewan. Hi, Laura. You're the manager of the Museum Development Offices, or MDOs as we refer to them across the network. Can you tell us about the program? Yeah, certainly, Laura. The program's been been going for for over 20 years, as you say, and uh, we have five of the offices in Queensland, based in Cairns, Townsville, Mackay, Ipswich and Toowoomba. And together we help out uh, over 600 small museums across the state, and we actually make ourselves available to all local government areas in Queensland. So as you were saying before, we assist through virtual help. We also visit regularly um, all of those areas when we can and assist out a whole range of uh, keeping places, museums, galleries, local government authorities, and basically anyone that needs help with their cultural collections. And drilling down into helping with cultural collections, What are some of the topics that you can help on? Thanks, Laura. Yes, we help um, museums, galleries, local councils, keeping places, um, and any volunteer groups that have a cultural collection uh, right across Queensland. Uh, We work across all local government areas in Queensland. So therefore, as you mentioned, uh, from Torres Strait to the Northern Territory border and down down to that busy southeast Queensland corner. So one of our officers based in the southeast Queensland corner could be helping out the Gold Coast or Sunshine Coast. Our officer who's based up in Cairns could be helping out Torres Strait or across in Burktown in the Gulf. Um, myself in Townsville or an officer in Mackay, we help right through Western Queensland as well. So I guess it depends on those small keeping places, museums, galleries, what sort of collections they have, what sort of skills those volunteers have who actually work in those communities and then what sort of assistance we can actually give to them. So it might be collection management skills, it might be new displays and and exhibitions, it might be conservation of objects. So we do a whole range of things, including assistance after natural disasters as well. So we've helped out after fires and floods, cyclones. So it's all about uh, applying best practice museum skills into those small communities. It's a big job to do with a team of five people. How do you pull it off? Well, luckily, we have a great team uh, to start with, and that that team has a whole range of skills that um, we combine together. We uh, get on very well, and we actually communicate and help each other out whenever we can. When we go out west, we usually send two of us together, not only for sort of safety, but also to try and brainstorm and um, help out. So we get to spend a lot of time on the road together, But we also um, rely a lot on the communities we work with. Those communities are really special. They're really passionate about what they do and things. So without their passion and their enthusiasm, we couldn't do what what we do. Why is this work so vital? 
The work's vital, Laura, because um, Queensland Museum is, is a state museum and it has a state collection. But outside of that state collection, you have those community collections. So in 600 small museums across Queensland, they all have different objects and artefacts and stories and photographs and documents that tell their own story that aren't in Queensland Museum. So for those small communities to be able to actually preserve, tell their story and start collecting into the future, that allows people who are visiting those regions as tourists, whether it's domestic, international, local, or even people who live in those communities, that ability to actually tell their story and have it preserved for future generations. Well, you mentioned before, I mean, you guys are kind of like the first responders of the museum world. How does your team mobilise to provide assistance after natural disasters or events like fire? Yeah, again, we um, wait to be asked to come in. Uh, we, we certainly don't, don't rush into any of those sort of post-disaster areas. So, for example, after cyclones, talk to that, that community and ask about what their actual needs are. So we may go in 10 days after an event or so, so we make sure that it's safe to go in. We correspond with um, police and emergency services and things as well to make sure we're welcome there and not um, uh, putting any sort of undue pressure on services within those small towns. And then we assess the damage and then we basically work in that sort of triage area uh, one of us acts as a coordinator that sort of documents uh, everything and tries to figure out what's needed. And that could be trying to save objects. It could be trying to actually look at future collecting after we've saved the objects. So there's a really big, long process that happens as well. It's not once you go in there and try and take all the objects out of a burnt building or a cyclone place, you find a safe place to put them. You work on those in a clean environment. We do a lot of talking with community as well. It's a very emotional time for them. So while we're working on objects, we try and upskill them to actually um, allow them to take over part of that role once we leave as well. And then when we're doing that training, we also talk to them personally and things as well and really try and gauge how the community is going past event, post-event, sorry. They all differ, so cyclone differs to a fire and a fire differs to a flood and things as well. So you work within those, those sort of elements as well. A flood's everything, everything's covered in mud. A fire, everything, obviously everything's burnt. And a cyclone, everything is sort of dispersed around town. And then it takes probably two or three years later then you finally go back and you start collecting again. You work through exhibitions, you help them out with the grants to rebuild buildings and things as well. So it's a very long-term project, but one that's very valuable. Absolutely. Can I ask what was the most recent natural disaster event that you responded to? Uh, probably on a small scale. It would have been Townsville floods in 2019. Again, the MDA has arrived and um, basically uh, uh, collected objects from places that were flooded. And um, we use the MTQ here as a base as well in Townsville. Um, it's good having a Queensland Museum campus in North Queensland, uh, where we are able to access freezers and things as well to actually store those objects. Um, it's basically buying time for those communities as well. So if we can take the objects away from them, wrap them in plastic, put them in a freezer, if it's flood damage work we're doing, it then allows them four or five months or a year to actually respond to that in, in a way. But prior to that, Laura, we dealt with cyclones over the years, Cyclone Larry, Cyclone Yassi, the uh, fire at Walton Matilda Centre in Winton, uh, as mentioned before as well, and also floods in Gainder and Bundaberg. 
Ewan, I'd imagine that the 2020 COVID-19 lockdowns were quite challenging for the team. How did you all navigate lockdown when your work so often requires travel? Excellent. That, that work didn't actually stop during COVID. Uh, for us, it kept going right through that year. Um, we went to places like Croydon in Northwest Queensland, where we um, assisted them getting their visitor information centre and historic buildings up and running for the tourist season that would recommence. And it, it's now shown that later in that year, there was a huge surge in domestic tourism right through Queensland. Places like Corumba had its busiest year ever. And to get to Corumba, you drive through places like Croydon. So we were able to actually work in those communities as long as we followed those safe working procedures as well. But there were also many people who didn't, didn't want us to come along, so we didn't work in Torres Strait. Uh, it wasn't suitable for us to do any work there. We didn't work with any Indigenous communities in person as well because it's that, that sort of vulnerability is much higher in those communities and access to healthcare. So we were very conscious and very measured in our approach. And so in those cases, we offered assistance as we always do through email and phone. And also we spent a lot of time talking through with people on how to use Teams and Zoom and all of those virtual assistance programs. So that was a lot of fun as well in terms of getting strange and weird angles from people who haven't used those programs before. It's a learning experience for a lot of people, I think. Yes. Yeah. Contemporary collecting is important to document contemporary life for future generations. How do you encourage communities to do this? Uh, we did a survey probably about 10 years ago, Laura, where we surveyed every single keeping place, museum, gallery throughout Queensland. And what we found was that lots of those small places aren't really collecting anything post-1960. Most of these places are all collecting from an era where the volunteers weren't born or lived because they didn't think it was important. So when you have a community who's working in these places who are older, they have lived their lives through 1960, uh, right through to current time, so they don't, don't really collect. So we found there was a massive, massive collecting gap. There was nothing from Croydon from 1974 or nothing from Charters Towers from 1986 or nothing from Bella Wheeler from 2012. So we really try and encourage communities to actually look beyond just collecting old things, but to actually collect things of importance to the community. And we work through a whole program with them about what to collect and how to write a collection policy and to not collect seven seven singer sewing machines but to just collect one sewing machine that was important to, to that community or collect something that happened like a flood event or a fire event that happened in 2019 for example so if you don't collect all the time then you miss big chunks of history and stories to tell for the future so we really try and run that through and to do that we run workshops we have examples and it's all underscored by best museum practice. What is the most intriguing object you've come across in your years as an MDO? Uh, great question. I think it's really hard to actually mention one object. I think what really interests me is the, there's so many objects out there to do with health. So when you go to all of those Western Queensland towns and things, they always have hospital collections where there used, used to be a hospital in town, but now it's closed. And so when the hospital closed, basically the small museum got all of the health things. And those health items generally tend to be quite robust and strong. So they made of stainless steel, their medical grade and things. So they've actually preserved quite well in those environments. So you can track the influence and I guess the technology of health 
across Western Queensland through looking at dentist chairs or, you know, various other scary medical implements. So when you can look across the region, I think it's really interesting. And so if you have a comparative collection in, uh, say, Townsville, which has a health hub, and then you can see that the once the health items there were finished being used in Townsville, they were sent to Charters Towers. And then from Charters Towers, they were sent on to Julia Creek or Hewenden, and then eventually ended up at the end of the rail line. So you can see that transformation as well. So you might get a 1970s, really funky Japanese dentist chair sitting in a shipping container out in West Western Queensland ready to, to be interpreted, or you might get some really crude, early pedal-powered dental chairs sitting in there as well. Ewan, we're going to wrap up now with our rapid-fire round called Museum in a Minute. Are you ready? Yes. What did you want to be when you grew up? Uh, Island Hermit. Favourite museum memory? Uh, I guess visiting uh, museums as a child and seeing dioramas. Which is more iconic, Mudabatasaurus or Mephisto? Mudabatasaurus. Favourite thing about your career? Uh, I think it is the freedom of uh, visiting remote places and being inspired by them. Would you prefer to work in the field or in the office? In the field, 100%. Indiana Jones or Jurassic Park? Uh, Indiana Jones. If you could do another job in a museum for a day, what would it be? Conservation. What do people think you do at work? I think that they think I drive around Western Queensland and all over the states helping out uh, small museums that they don't really know about but are really intrigued and interested by that. Fantastic. Thanks, Ewan. That was really cool. Oh, no worries. <laughs> if you'd like to learn more about the incredible work our MDOs do, you can view their blog. The link is in our show notes. And if you're interested in contemporary collecting, go back to season one and listen to episode 12. Our social history curator, Judith Hickson, talks about contemporary collecting, focusing on the year we all remember so fondly, 2020. Interested in uncovering more stories? Click the follow button to be notified of the latest podcast episodes. You can follow Queensland Museum on social media at, at QLD Museum. Or head to our website at qm.qld.gov.au and while you're there, sign up to our e-news list to be the first to know what's on at our museums. Until next time, stay curious.